0: what's up guys and welcome back to my podcast ah i'm gonna have to think of a better intro Everybody. welcome back to the Turning Point Podcast. This episode has been a long time coming. Um, I started writing it, I think a couple months ago, and since then I've just, I don't know, I took it in one direction, and then I kept rethinking things, and then I took it in a completely different direction, and so it like kept changing. Usually I have it all written out before I start recording, and then I even like recorded it a little bit, and then decided to change it. But I think I'm. I think it's all coming together now. So I finally feel ready. Um, this episode is about fear, and it's really ironic because I was so afraid of doing this podcast wrong, or <laughs> you know, saying things that are incorrect or not accurate. And so I really let that fear kind of uh, hinder me from completing it. And that's a huge theme in my life: is fear of not doing things perfect. And so I don't do them at all. So this podcast um, is a result of just a lot of things the Lord has been teaching me and showing me. Um, just the fruit of a lot of fear in my life. Um, so let's think about fear for a little bit. Uh, have you ever thought about all the things you're afraid of? Not like superficial things like spiders and heights and stuff. Like I'm talking about like emotional fears, like deep like fears of the future and fear of abandonment or rejection, fear of um fear of loneliness, fear of uncertainty, fear of failure, fear of um unfulfillment, fear of insignificance. I think that ever we all have these um in some measure deep down inside. Or maybe not so deep down inside if you've really um if you've really thought about it and really, you know, searched within yourself. And I feel like I've done You know, a little bit of that. And I think one of the main fears that I've been working through right now is just fear of unknowns in the future. And, uh, yeah, I have a big life change coming up in, like, six months or so. I'm going to be moving out of state. And while that's, you know, cool, it's, um, yeah, it's been really scary to think about. And so this, um, the Lord, a couple months ago, the Lord um, just put this verse on my heart. It's, uh, 1 John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, but whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And so I just kept thinking about that. And I just, I kept reading First John over and over again. And it was, it was confusing for a while. You know, it sounds great. Like perfect love casts out fear. But I was thinking through that and I'm like, how, like, why is love the antidote to fear? Like in our minds, shouldn't it be bravery or courage? Um, so why is it love? And so this podcast is really about that. Like that love is the antidote to fear, and not just love, not just um, this vague like feel-good love, like perfect love. And the word love here in the Greek um, means morally perfect, specifically. Um, I don't know Greek. I just have an app that like tells me, you know the words, obviously. Anyway, so morally perfect love casts out fear. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So ouch. (laughs) Um, So that got me worrying, right? Like, oh, I'm really afraid. So maybe I'm not perfect. Like, oh, obviously, I'm very not perfect. And that's scary, ironically. Now now we're back in the loop of fear. I'm not perfect. Um, so I, I'm not perfected in love and you know, what, ah, but if you go and read the rest of the passage, um, I'm going to start in verse seven. So this is first John four. It's, it's kind of a long passage, but, um, it's the word of God. So you better pay attention. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love of the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but whoever, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, what do we take from this? There are two verses that stand out. Um, verse twelve. it says, "No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides enough, and God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. I think it says that a couple times, like His love is perfected in us. He has given us of his spirit, like God sent his Son to be in the world to die for us so that we can be in him." And God, of course, is the only perfect love. Like, God is love. He is the, He's not like the best example of love. He is it. He defines it. He created it. That's who He is, His essence, His perfect love. And so, because of what Jesus did, we are in Him and He is in us. And that word abides, you know, it's just this like, it's almost this vague, just like existing together. And that's like our union with Christ right is we're in him and he is in us and it's hard to explain but that means that his love is perfected in us and that also means that it is not up to us to be perfect now because we abide in him we are free to choose to love we're not saved by being perfect but because we are saved We get to grow and become more like him. In our relationship with God, you know, through his love, we are changed and become more and more like him. And so, when we see that verse, it says, perfect love casts out fear. We don't have to worry. That shouldn't make us be afraid because it is Christ who is perfect and Christ is in us. So, there's two ways I was kind of looking at that verse. Perfect love casts out fear. Um, Is it... Is it the love that we have for God or is it the love that God has for us and I'm gonna say that it's both so the rest of this episode will be looking at um, how both of those how you know the Lord's love for us and our love for the Lord perfected cast out the fear in our life so let's look at the first way that um, the Lord's love for us casts out the fear I'm going to look at two passages. The first one is Romans, uh, Romans 8. This is a classic passage. Uh, Romans 8, starting in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also, how will he not also graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, this is, you know, if you really believe everything in this passage, um, this like covers every, everything you could encounter in life uh, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, death, life angels or rulers, anything else in all creation, nothing could separate us from the love of Christ. So if you believe in the perfect love of Christ, and think about what the Lord has done for you, like if you know him, then he has saved you from an eternity of separation from him. He has given you a new life um, of purpose and of hope and in a relationship with him. And he's made so many promises uh, to us. And He answers our prayers, and He listens to us, and He cares about us. And He's promised us that He's never going to abandon us or forsake us. Like, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And I don't know if that makes me a little more brave about, you know, moving to a different state. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, but that does make me a little more brave. Um, Because if you think about the moment you're in right now... um, you know, Christ is enough for you right now. And He's enough for me right now. And I don't know, there's things in my life that you know aren't the way I want them to be, but Christ is enough for me right now. And I have hope that the God will work through those things for my good and for His glory. And I can look back at things in the past and see how He's been working through those things um, and how He has redeemed things in my life. And right now, Christ is enough for me. and. His love is enough for me, and I know that He loves me. (laughs) So really, all I gotta do is think about this moment right now, how Christ is enough, and think about, you know, uh, all my life preceding this moment where Christ has been enough, and make just that tiny little leap of logic and think, hey, in a year from now, Christ will still be enough. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) It's, It's just the unknown that... It makes it so hard to to think that way. It's like, oh, what if something else happens? Well, according to this passage, there's nothing that could happen that Christ wouldn't be enough for you, and He wouldn't love you. Uh, let's go to Hosea. I mean, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to turn there. Okay. Uh, no, Habakkuk seven. Oh my goodness, Habakkuk three seventeen through nineteen. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the flocks yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, there' be no herd in the stalls. yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. so this passage it lists all these things, like if every resource fails you um like. This talks about herds and flocks and the produce. Um, if everything you set up for yourself, if every like safeguard you take and every preparation you make, if all those fail you, he says, "I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation, because God will be enough." And a lot of the fears that we have, um, you know, about things not working out, like it's it's possible that. The answer to our fears isn't to think, oh, those could never happen. The answer is, they could happen. <laughs> um, but God will be enough. And you will have cause to rejoice in the Lord because He is good and He loves you. Um, he is your strength. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Um, yeah. So, something, we did a Bible study in this passage and it, it there was an assignment to write down your own... Um, even if statement, and write down all the things you're afraid of, and then you end it with, yet, even if all these things happen, I have this little list in my Bible of like very specific things, of things I'm afraid of, like even if these things happen, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So as you're thinking about this, if you start going through that mental list of things that you're afraid of and start worrying about all these things. Take a moment just to say, even if those things happen, think about the very real possibility of some of these things coming true. Then I will rejoice in the Lord and I will take joy in the God of my salvation because he is my strength and he has never failed me. And he will be enough in those times. So that believing and understanding the perfect love of the Lord will cast out your fear because the love of God is so much stronger than anything that could happen. So let's look at the second point, Um, our love for the Lord. Um, This is kind of a different approach from the other one. Um, I wrote a, when I was, this is, you know, the approach I originally took to this verse, and I was writing about how all the things that we're afraid of, they kind of stem from something that we love and that we're afraid of losing. So if you think about um, fear of uncertainty, it's because you love certainty. If you think about fear of loneliness, it's because you love um, being around people and having people in your life and um, being loved. If you fear rejection, it's because you love being chosen. you can apply that logic to whatever you want, but, um, and as I was thinking about that, I was realizing that if, you know, love is causing my fear, then how could perfect love cast out my fear? And I realized, like, uh, there's this passage, um, Luke 14, 25 through 27, and this is Jesus speaking to the crowds, and he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Um, So this is kind of, I'm paraphrasing something that um, Tim Keller said in one of his messages about this passage. Um, So Jesus doesn't, obviously doesn't mean he wants us to actively hate our parents. But he's saying, he made the point that by choosing Jesus and by choosing to love him above all else and prioritize him above everything else in your life, you, it means that you hate everything and everyone else in comparison, like choosing to commit to the Lord above everything else means your commitments to everything else becomes way less of a priority. And so to the world, it appears that you're kind of throwing your life away, um, And even that you hate the things that you once loved and so that's another way to look at this is that the more you pour your life into serving the Lord and the more you prioritize like serving the kingdom of God then your desire for the things of the world are going to decrease and I think with a decreasing of that love for lesser things um, you're probably going to be afraid of losing less things because you have less things to lose. Here's another verse: First uh, John two fifteen. Do not love the things of the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And John twelve twenty five. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So part of growing closer to the Lord and Going along in your walk with the with Christ is giving up on the things that the world wants and the things that the world pushes and the things that you once wanted. Like the more you know God, the more He changes your desires to want Him above all else. And sometimes you have to actively choose to put away the things of the world, put away the things of your flesh, um, and choose Christ and choose um, to believe Him and. I've noticed that's something for me is that um, the the closer I've gone, (laughs) the closer I've grown to the Lord. The more I wanted um, his approval, and it made me fear the disapproval of others less, because I wasn't so worried about what other people thought of me, and so I didn't have as much fear around people critiquing me or thinking less of me. Because I loved the approval of the Lord more. Um, And I think I definitely have a long way to go in this area. But, like, the more you grow in your love for the Lord, the less you will love the things of the world and the things that are passing away and the things that are very, very uncertain. Um, And the less you will fear losing those things because you're not as attached to them anymore. You know, if you have... um, (laughs) is <laughs> a silly example. If you have a $5 Walmart shirt, you're not going to worry about spilling things on it because you don't love it very much because it's not very valuable to you. But you have a really expensive top that you like bought at some expensive store. Um, you're going to be pretty afraid of spilling things on it. And you're going to be really careful because you love it a lot more because you paid a lot more money for it. And so that's the trade that you make. Uh, Paul sums it up pretty well in Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in christ the righteousness from god that depends on faith that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings becoming like him in death that by any means possible i may attain the resurrection from the dead when you love the lord more than anything else in your life you do not fear the loss of lesser things if your desires are centered on the glory of god then that hope will never put you to shame Because the will of God and the glory of God is the only sure hope in this life. And so to finish this off, um, my encouragement is that, you know, the answer to fear is not to try and force yourself to stop loving things. Um, And it is not to just stay stuck and not act. Like, I think getting rid of fear um, will be a process you go through all your life and there will be times when, you know, that God is calling you to do something and you're afraid and you know it's irrational, but that fear is still there and you're just going to have to take a step um, and obey in faith, even though you're afraid. And I think God will use those to grow you. Um, And if you don't feel like you're very afraid, then that's great. But I think sometimes the fear, um, it can, it really stops you from moving forward, but if you take that fear as a, an indicator that you need to cry out to the Lord for help and for strength, um, and move forward anyway, um, then the Lord will meet you there. And so my encouragement to you is if you feel, if you feel fearful, um, not to be discouraged about how imperfect you are and how, um, how far you have to go and if you feel useless or incompetent or stuck. But just know that the Lord loves you and he knows that you're afraid and that you are not perfect and that you have a long ways to go. But he loves you and he did not choose you. He did not save you because you were perfect, Um, uh, but because he loves you and all you have to do is believe that. And the rest will come um, as He changes you and as you walk with Him. So, uh, the next step is for me to, you know, apply all this to myself. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, I'm super scared of moving. But I know that the Lord loves me. So, it's going to be great. Um, Anyway, I'll see you in the next episode. Speaking of moving... um, I'm actually moving because I'm going back to school. Woo! I'm so excited. I have been, like, thinking about being back in school ever since I graduated school, Um, like, in 2019. So, yeah, very excited. Uh, Don't know what's going to happen with the podcast. I have no idea. I've been thinking about just turning it into a blog because the hardest part is, like, recording. But don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, thank you for listening.